Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 7.30, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and great saturday morning low country welcome to another edition of beyond the business heard exclusively here on 94.3 wsc every saturday morning from 7 38 thank you for spending your saturday mornings with us hopefully you got a nice good cup of coffee this morning we've got another great show as a follow-up to last week's show i know part uh, two part two coming in uh, i'm one of your hosts here eric cox and i'm leslie haywood thank you so much for sharing your morning with us and make sure to continue the fun beyond saturday mornings on our facebook page beyond the business Business or hashtag BTBCHS on Twitter. I look forward to seeing you there. And in case you missed uh, last week's segment with Mr. Hal Cobb, who's senior partner over at Cobb, Dill and Hammett, uh, you can go to our website at coastalwm.com. Uh, you'll see a icon for radio. Just click that and you can hear uh, not only Hal's uh, podcast, but oh, Podcast going all the way back to about 2015. So lots wow. of great stories and entrepreneurship. But uh, certainly in line with uh, uh, last week's show, Leslie, how uh, brought a great story of sort of the twist and turns of life. Yes. And, and the journey of going from one segment professionally to another. And so what was a good takeaway that you want to share with our listeners this morning? Well, it's funny to have a lawyer that's only 25% lawyer and 75% <laughs> banker, which is uh, something that we talked about and how we're going to talk about you like you're not here for a minute. Um, one of the one of the takeaways I thought at the very end of um, the our last show was about how it's important to respect your partnerships and the people that you work with. And there was a good acronym for team together. Everyone achieves more. And I think that that is a wonderful thing to remember because none of us are going through this life uh, business or personal solo. Um, We've all got to respect each other and I think that's really important right about now and uh, I appreciate how you sharing that information. What about you, Eric? Well, I think it's the the twists and turns and you know we've had so many people over four years give uh, their version of of their story and and it's different and and this one I think was uh, a little unique in that you didn't follow the traditional hey I just went to school I graduated next thing you know I'm an attorney and that's what I've done and to go so much from uh, the world you were in to a whole new world but yet bring it sounds like a lot of the fiber that you've learned through the banking world to this so uh, I think that's been uh, intriguing to hear I look forward to see how that unfolds in today's story so uh, if you don't mind how let's uh let's kind of backtrack for a minute for our listeners sake when we left last week uh you were talking about um you know you were involved in a banking situation that had wound down you'd gone through some tough knocks and you were talking about sort of what you took away from that as a life learning lesson that you can apply today if you don't mind just sort of restate a little bit about what your uh, lesson was and then from there, how you moved on to the next phase of your life. Well, I think I think the lesson is clearly, um, you know, if you're going to do something and you have to call an audible, make sure everybody's on board. Make sure you explain yourself. Make sure, even if you're right, make sure everybody knows why you're doing what you're doing and try to get the buy-in of your, of your partners and your team. And if you don't, it's just going to create, I think, conflict and 
it's just, you know, it's going to cause bad things to happen. You won't get along. Um, and, you know, life is hard enough outside of the four walls of your company. So if you don't do it the right way and you're not respectful internally, it's going to be harder for you inside. And that's that's what the competitors want. They want you to fail. You know, they want to succeed. And, you know, if you uh, if you don't if you don't cut the drama within your own world, you know, that drama is just like a cancer. It can be terminal. It can just eat you alive. Um, but I, I got very lucky, actually. I got out. And, you know, one of the things I had when I was a, a banker is I got to see some of the finest attorneys in, in the Charleston market. Um, one guy that I think the world of, his name's Johnny Shakaris. Uh, he's down on Calhoun Street. Um, he's got a, he, he practices with his brother, and uh, his family's just an excellent family. And uh, I always admired him. Um, another guy is Capers Bar. Uh, I don't know. I think everybody knows Capers. Um, I'm a big fan of Bobby Pierce. Um, you know, um, I, I like Rutless Young. I, I like, um, I can think of all these attorneys that are here locally. And I, I, I you know, uh, Derek Dean, um, he's a great guy. I can think of these guys that I, I just would, I really always looked and admired. Um, David Taylor. These guys are, uh, these guys were not just lawyers, but they were lawyers with class, intelligence. And you really saw, you know, the value they brought you know, in the market. And I always just kind of admired them. So, you know, the spark for law school had been set back in 94. And I took advantage of the local law school having a nighttime program. And I said, um, uh, well, I'll go to law school full time. And then the economy really started hitting the skids. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if my savings account is good enough to, to go to law school full time. And I got a phone call from a guy named Rick Saunders, who's the president and CEO of First Reliance Bank. It's headquartered in Florence, and they have a good presence here in Charleston that they're building upon now. Good bank, up-and-comer, uh, great people. Neil Oliver's a great banker over there on Cumberland Street, Ben Brassel. Um, all those guys are just fantastic. Um, and so he called me up and said, How? I think the world's falling apart. He's like, I need somebody to come write our loss mitigation policies and control loss mitigation and run loss mitigation because I think we're going to see a lot of foreclosures and I'm not sure what's going to happen. And, you know, and, um, uh, you know, we talked about it and, uh, you know, I um, talked to his chief credit officer, a great guy named Jess Nance, and uh, he brought me on and I basically started creating loss mitigation. And, um, man, it was like drinking from a fire hose for five years. And so while I was doing that and doing you know, working on foreclosures and trouble debt restructure and following FDIC regs and making sure that the bank was safe in every possible way while also trying to be humane to the client, um, I was going to law school at night. And so I was able to take my real-world experience and put it to uh, the books and the classes. And it really kind of, it really was kind of hand in glove. And I was really excited about, you know, how much easier it made the school experience for me and, um, you know, probably my greatest regret is I had um, I'd remarried and I have uh, two really amazing sons uh, for that remarriage, uh, Alex and Theo. And they're just uh, just Tyler, Alex and Theo. My three boys are they're the joy of my life. They're they're just um, unbelievable boys. But, you know, going to going to work all day and then law school all night, um, that makes it hard. And so ultimately, you know, without a lot of fanfare, I won't go into the details, but that marriage, you know, fizzled out as well. So I, I find myself, you know, um, finding another hard lesson. That is that you have to have balance. You know, you can't just have balance in life with just your work and your kids, but your spouse and your partner. And it kind of goes back to what I was talking about. And, 
you know, it's like that. Um, it's like that old Sting song. What's that quote? A lesson once learned is so hard to forget. Well, sometimes it's, it takes twice to learn it sure. <laughs> to really for to really be able to forget it. And um, I got really lucky. I got I got hit by lightning. I am uh, I'm now engaged to an amazing woman. Her name is Shaylee Harmon. She's CPA locally. Um, I think the world of her. She's unbelievable. We're not in any rush to run down the uh, the the wedding all those. So congratulations. But, uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm very very excited. I have her in my life. But um, anyway, so. I get through law school and I am uh, working for the bank. I'm working with the outside attorneys and we're seeing the world get slightly better. And And what year was this? And this was in 2012. Mm -hmm. And so I could see, you know, I was going to have to segue to do more like in-house counsel, but I would have to start doing, you know, HR things. And, you know, I'd probably wind up being in commercial lending just because I've got history there. And I, I kind of felt like I'd been there, done that, and I got this law degree. And so, you know, I I financed a couple guys that graduated law school to start up a law firm, and I was just going to be the equity partner, and I was going to be of counsel, you know, kind of thinking, hey, if I ever do leave banking, I, I'd have this set up and I could go to it. And to make a long story short, I, I, I ran into two unbelievable first-class young men. One's name is Will Hammett. He runs Family Law Division, and he's the Hammett, the Cobb Dylan Hammett. And the other one is Michael Dill. He's uh, Dill and the Michael Dill. Now, Michael runs our PI division. But he's this great-looking kid. Uh, he's on the billboard. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to see me and Will, but they want to see Michael. And uh, so we, uh, you know, and I just can't believe how how incredibly lucky I was to be able to, you know, start working with these just unbelievable gentlemen. I mean, they're just, um, they're hard workers and... Um, they really, uh, they really kind of revive me in terms of, you know, I, they inspire me. I, I see how hard they work, and I want to outwork them. I want to work with them. I, I want to be in there with them. And one of the things I did learn was I said, okay, all of our decisions will be together. You know, just because I have the experience, I might be older, you know, we're going to do this together. And, um, you know, it's kind of neat because all of us care about different things. So we have very limited, you know, um, you know disagreements in terms of major decisions. And... As a result, you know, one of the things that we all agreed upon right out of the gate was, you know, one of those core foundation pieces is we weren't going to take on debt. We were going to put everything we had into the firm, let the firm, you know, grow into sustainable, you know, stable firm and be there for the community and try to grow a little different than what we saw locally. Because I think the the way law firms are today or, or used to be, so to speak, it's a little bit antiquated. Um, it used to be if you graduated law school, you could throw your shingle out and you know, field of dreams. If you build it, they'll come. I don't think that's true anymore. There's a lot more lawyers on the street. There's a lot more competition. And so I think what the client needs, no, I think what the client should demand is energy and accessibility from their lawyers. And being a good, competent lawyer is almost an afterthought now. That's almost an assumption. You know, it's what can you do? And so we've worked really hard to build that diversity in the firm to not only create cross energy because, you know, if somebody has a problem you know, they can just go down the hall. We don't have to send them to another law firm, so we don't lose that contact sure. with that client. But, you know, we, we have this tagline that we want to be your lawyer for life. And, you know, even if you never need a lawyer, you know, we want you to basically be our mini billboard. We want you to, you know, promote us. If we did good for you, we want you to tell people. If we did bad for you, we want you to tell me, and I want to make it right by you. Um, and so, you know, I think I think the, the thing I like about these guys 
is their character. Michael and Will are just, you know, unbelievably high character young men. We added uh, another partner, fourth guy, uh, Sean's Capoletto, and Sean runs our real estate division. And um, he is, uh, he actually went to law school with me, had a similar background. He was a teacher and went to school at night. And um, he's, uh, he's just um, one of the most affable guys. And uh, he's got one of the biggest hearts of anybody I've ever known. He, he really cares um, to the degree I, I rarely see in people. And I, I just am, yeah, I, I keep scratching my head. How am I so blessed? I've got these three amazing kids. I've got these three great partners. I've got this law firm that, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, is on the cusp of, you know, being able to get cemented and being, you know, you know, and be grown and known as a good local, organically grown Charleston law firm, you know, where others have merged or fallen apart. Hopefully we can fill that fill that void, so to speak, and kind of take that place at the table where some others have left. So I think that, you know, what really has helped me in terms of lesson learned is, um, and you're going to laugh, but I, um, I, I had this great friend. His name's Martin Jones. He's a professor at the College of Charleston, and he gave me a book about mindfulness, and I know a lot of people think, ah, oh, you know, that's funny. So, so, you know, meditation is so amazingly powerful for your brain. It can slow down your thoughts to where you can make more intelligent decisions. And what's the name of the book? Mindfulness. Mindfulness. That's it. Straightforward. And the thing that's the thing that's neat is it allows you to actually take a breath. And they say there's kind of a your brain works in sort of a three step process. You know, you have a thought, it generates an emotion, and that triggers the act. So, you know, and your brain is trying to protect you. You know, So if you're walking across the street and a car almost hits you, you know to jump back. Your brain says, oh, my gosh, the car's about to hit me. I have fear. I'm jumping back. But, you know, imagine a certain situation where if you get a bad email and you want to just fire off a bad email to that person. You know, so, you know. You, you see that bad email and it makes you, you know, it, it, and, you know, you see it, you know, and, it, you know, it gives you a negative emotion. You're mad, you know, and it triggers that that emotion. And and, it's, and then you react. And what if you could build in just a, a, a micro second in each tranche of each of those, you know, um, the act, you know, and, and that just creates a space within you to where you can, you know, work to become more emotionally intelligent. You can be more than you are. There we are. Back to that emotional intelligence it's, again. Right? I know. Alistair, I love where it. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, I don't. I, I think the reality is, and um, and and when I and when I went through my uh, my my second divorce, unfortunately, I um I found a a Christian counselor. His name's Scott McBroom. He was an amazing man, faith based, and I, I really I really like that. And one of the things that he did is he helped me realize that you know life is about um, balance. Life is about doing things in a way to where you have to take care of yourself. You have to own your present, your past. You can't walk away from your fears. You have to face them. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, he, um, not only did he help me through the divorce, I mean, that, yeah, divorce is horrible. I, I feel bad for anybody who has to go through it. But, um, he really, um, he gave me some tools that have, I think, put me on a path. I never expected to be on. I, I think that um, the greatest compliment that I think a man can have is he's a good man. Or when I'm dead, my boy's sitting with their friends and saying, you know, I had a great dad. To me, that's my legacy. That's what I hope to leave behind one day. 
So I know we've got a couple of questions to uh, follow up with. I want to go back to that moment of sort of you, know, you look back at your, your professional life and you've always worked for somebody. You worked for the bank. You worked mm-hmm. here. You worked there. And then you're thrust into this entrepreneurial role. Yes, you're an attorney, but you're also an entrepreneur, right? You're all running this business. So uh, being in the spirit of our show, beyond the business, it's about entrepreneurship and leadership. Talk about what that felt like to go from a role where you worked for somebody to a role now where you are the leader, you're the decision maker, and you're all as a team. I know there's four of you, but you're running day in and day out the direction of what's going to happen next. Well, you know, it's interesting. So when I was working for the bank, I sort of had a mistress. I was an entrepreneur mistress. I had a, a great partner, still a great partner, Jason Bean, and he and I would do real estate flips on the side. And it really kind of whetted my appetite in terms of doing side deals. You know, how do I generate and build net worth? How do I generate revenue for me? How do I do things? And uh, I would actually say the the seed to really kind of run my own show came from, you know, the freedom of, uh, you know, doing some real estate deals that it kind of gave you, you know, you know, it was a roller coaster for a long time, as everybody knows. But, you know, um, you know, it's one thing to sit there and know that you get a paycheck, you know, know that your insurance is going to be taken care of. You know, you do your job, you go home, you can forget about for the most part. You know, um, I I used to be a a fairly heavy runner and I I was a real big fan of Steve Prefontaine. And um, he had this great quote. He said, I don't run the race to win. I run the race to see who has the most guts. And if you're going to go be an entrepreneur, if you're going to go put it your own show, you better have guts. And the reason why I say that is it is not for everybody. And that's okay. But um, if you're going to do it, you can't play scared. You got to play from where you're at on the board. And you have to realize that it may happen a lot slower than you expect. You know, and there's no way you can remove the thousands of different variables that could affect the trajectory of what you're trying to do. But if you work hard, if you focus, if you do the right things, you can at least take that thousand variable down to maybe hundreds variable. So you can at least mitigate that risk and going forward. And the way I run the law firm with the guys is we look at it from a business element first and foremost. Every year we do a budget. We stick to that budget. It's it's our Bible. You know, we, we look at that budget. We make sure we know that we're fiscally responsible. We want to try to make sure that we're in good shape. Um, I have a great banker in Brantley Moody. Um, we were looking at buying a building, the building we're in. And I went and talked to Brantley Moody about it. And he and I, you know, taught me, you know, we went through it. It was not a good deal. And so, you know, again, it was me trying to force something, but realizing, hey, I need to go talk to somebody who knows more than I do and really work through it and make me realize, okay, this isn't the right place for us to go and not to recommend it to our guys. So we found a better building that we actually are you know, um, hoping to get into here uh, by September. We'll hopefully close next week uh, in the in the near future. So I think that I think that you know the difference is guts, and um, it doesn't mean that you're gutless if you work for somebody. It just means that you know your risk tolerance may be less, and that's okay. Now, in those in those early years when you first started, um, we learn most from the mistakes we made. What is something that you failed at as an entrepreneur or business owner that maybe you can share with our listeners? Hey, this is what I did. I made this mistake. Don't do this. <laughs> so that's, I actually do have. I invested thirty grand in a guy who really had a great concept. So they were um, they were uh, when the mortgage foreclosures were going crazy. Uh, he came to me with the concept that they were franchising out of Florida, that they were going to do uh, mortgage assistant programs. And essentially, they'd work with the mortgage servicer, and they'd try to help them do a, um, a modification of their loan to keep them out of default and or try to 
reset their rates if they had a, a trigger rate where it had gone back up after a certain amount of time. And it was a great idea and concept. Um, so I put the money in them and I, I said, okay, here you go. <laughs> and that money went. So, you know, and, uh, you know, I really blame myself. I mean, it's hard to be an absentee investor for a startup. You know, if you want to invest and stay home, call Eric. You know, he'll tell you, uh, right. he'll, he'll tell you what to put your money in. But, oh, that uh, was worth the whole show, yeah, right? right. <laughs> but if you, uh, if you, and that number is, <laughs> but if you, if you want to handle your own things, mm-hmm. if you want to do the right things, you have to, um, you have to watch your money. You have to really be responsible for it because I'll tell you what, it's really hard to make a buck, but it's really easy to lose one. Right. So I, um, I found that was a good experience of, Okay, let's not let's not. If it seems too good to be true, it probably is. And and unfortunately, we're winding down time. But I have a question in terms of you know your journey again. Looks like it's been one of learning lessons along the way, but you've also learned how to develop relationships and partnerships in your law firm. You have partners. Talked about Brantley as a partner and teaming up with advisors and partners to help you as an entrepreneur mindset moving forward. Um, give some thought into, because you've had both, I'm sure, on, on the good and the bad side. Uh, what advice would you give when it comes to partner selection, uh, whether it's internally in your business or an external advisor or partner? Uh, what's some good thought around that? You know, um, you know, don't be swayed by by false, false profits. Don't think just because you hung out in school or you knew each other when you were young or your parents hung out that that's going to make a good partnership. Look for core values. You know, mm-hmm. is this person on the same line as me, does this, does this person think, you know, in general, in terms of, you know, what, would they do it similar to what I would do? Would they buy into this? Would I buy into that? You know, I, I think character is not when things are going well. Everybody has characters when times are good. Character really comes through when times are bad. And so what you want to do is you want to try to make sure that you get partners that when times are bad, you stick together and you band together Instead of pointing fingers and blaming each other, and you can you can really grow and do something special from that. Um, again, a, a strong partnership creates a strong bond. A strong bond creates a stronger company. A strong company has a greater shot at success, and that's what we're all trying to do. Awesome. Well, it, we're wrapping things up, but I want to do uh, something I call the lightning round because after all, this is about people you know and stories you don't. I'm going to fire this is where off. It's really tough. House. I'm going to fire <laughs> off on. a couple of Hold questions on. and just give me the first answer that comes in your mind. Okay. Okay. So we get to know you a little bit better. What is the best movie ever? Oh my God, Highlander. <laughs> there awesome. can only be one. <laughs> the most influential person in your life? Oh, my grandfather, my my papa. So. The thing you are most proud of? Uh, my three boys, Tyler, Alex, and Thea. And the number one thing on your bucket list now that you've got the Iron Man out of the way? <laughs> you know, that's a great question. I really, I know it sounds weird. I really want to just drive them off the coast. I love Italy, and I just want to spend some time hanging out there and uh, eating pasta and, uh, you know, getting away for a week or two. That's awesome. That's a good, yeah, that's a good place to go. So Now we know a little bit more. As we're winding down, how obviously we've talked about this at the beginning of the show, Charleston. You said you, you have a, a kind of a love affair with Charleston. Um, Charleston has blossomed massively. When you look forward to the future as an entrepreneur, a business owner, a leader in the community, involved in the community, uh, what is your uh, vision and forethought for what Charleston is and where it's going from here? You know, Charleston Charleston has great bones, great foundation. Our um, Historic Preservation Society does a good job, um, you know, but we've allowed a lot of growth to come in. And I think that's because, you know, we're not a, we're not a secret anymore. People know 
the Charleston special. Um, will there be some dilution? To a degree, yes. But um, will Charleston be more than we ever dreamed it could be maybe 10 years ago? Maybe even five years ago. I think so. So to me, it's exciting to see Charleston become sort of the, you know, the 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 mecca of South Carolina. The And, and you know, Charleston's great because it's really more than Charleston. It's the tri-county area. And we have so many different diversity economic areas. And while we're not immune to recession, I think we, you know, we're slower to go down and we're faster to come up. And, um, you know, God, with the beaches, the store, I mean, you know, we just have so many great things here. And those great things aren't going away. We just have to be patient because we're going to be sharing them with more people. But with more people comes more clients. With more clients comes more revenue. With more revenue comes better retirement, better things that you can do with your kids. So I think that you can't sit there and uh, look at it as a problem. Um, I think you can sit there and say, wow, what a great opportunity. opportunity yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well said. Oh, well, well said. said so, yes. Hal Cobb, again, senior partner at Cobb, Dill, and Hammett here in Charleston. Congratulations, Hal, to yourself and uh, certainly Michael, Will, and Sean for what you're all building in your firm and continued great success to you here in the uh, Charleston market. Thanks for your time today. Thank you all. Yes. And if anybody needs you, how do they get a hold of you? Great question. Please call me directly. My number is 843 327 Five seven seven seven, or look me up on our website cdhlawfirm.com or just go down 26 and look at the billboard with Michael Dill on it and it has the greatest tagline ever in a pickle call Dill and he'll get you to me oh my daughter my loves that billboard by the way Every time I we know. Pass, like, dad dad there's a billboard I'm so, gonna have uh, to pay great attention advertising. So, <laughs> thanks again for uh, again joining us every Saturday morning uh, here on 94.3 from 738 to listen to great stories of entrepreneurship another one today with Mr. Hal Cobb and if in case you just missed one of our shows shame on you but you have a second chance go to our website at coastalwm.com and click on the radio icon and you will be able to listen to podcasts going back to 2015 right have a great weekend low country we'll see you next week Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 7.30 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC.